to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And today's a special episode in a couple different ways, and that is we're not going to be reading through a whole chapter together. You should be doing that on your own today. And yeah, so hopefully you've already done that, but uh, today is Saturday when we have you read it on your own, and we're doing a special edition by answering some questions that some of our listeners have sent in. Now, we've yeah. got, actually, we got so many questions that we couldn't answer them all this time, but we wanted to take a few minutes to cover some of them. Yep, that's in right. In fact, one high school young man... He, he sent us so many questions, we're not going to get to them all, but hopefully eventually we maybe, will. Maybe we will. And also the second reason today is special is that you can also see this on video. I know It's we, on YouTube. That's right. So you can jump over to YouTube, though. I don't know if I'd advise that because it might be better to hear us <laughs> instead of see us. My wife pointed out just a couple hours ago that I might be wearing a girl's shirt, so I threw on my coat just for this. <laughs> and then he, he asked me if it was. I said, well, I thought that the first time you wore yeah. it. but <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Now, if I look a little funny, our, our sound engineer told me that we have to kind of go around the mic like this. So. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, that's and I look funny, that's why. Okay. All right, well, let's get into these questions. All right, so the first one is, why are they, they meaning us, uh, yes, thank you for why do they read the verses in the New Living Translation? Yeah, that's a great question. You, you know, the reason that we have many translations, period, is because translating an ancient language into a modern-day language or English has many different methods. On top of that, every word has a semantic range where words can mean different things depending mm -hmm. on the context that it's in. So if you were to do a word-for-word -word translation of ancient Hebrew or ancient Greek into English, it wouldn't make a lot of, a lot of sense. It wouldn't flow well. The whole sentence structure would be very weird. And so translators, they'll use, they'll use different techniques. Some translate word-for-word -word as much as they can. Others will translate phrase-for-phrase. -phrase, and some translate thought-for-thought. So different translations will say things a little differently, but still communicate the same truth. It's kind of like subtitles, like on, on TV, almost in a sense. I'm watching a, a show right now where they have subtitles and also translation for a different language, like dubbing, yeah. and you'll still see like differences, variances mm -hmm. in in that. So, for example, we like preaching from the ESV. Why is that? And it's because it's closer to the original word structure, right? And it, it's better for a verse by verse study. I think the ESV yeah. is better, uh, and yet it's still readable. Whereas the New Living Translation is more readable than the ESV. It's not as good for word for doing actual word studies. But yet I, I want to say this that the New Living Translation is an excellent translation. It it very high reviews from the top theologians in the country and it was done by top theologians. So it is an excellent translation. It's just more readable than the ESV, and that's why we chose it's particularly for younger Christians or people that are not familiar with reading the Bible themselves that it just enables them to be more comfortable and to understand what they're reading. Yeah, yeah, it's all preference-based, and it's nice to have different translations to choose from based on your preference. And we don't want to get legalistic about it because mm -hmm. some people can, and they say, well, this is the only one to go with, or these are the only one to go with, and that's just, that's not all Yeah, that there are some that they're, they're still stuck in the King James, and it's almost yeah. like a taboo if you're using anything other than that's the King James. That's what I grew James. up on, you know? <laughs> well, not for me, though. For the school you yeah, went to. Yeah, from the yep, school I went to, you yeah, went not, to. Yeah, yep. for, yeah, that's right. So second question that we have is Matthew 4 is the temptation of Jesus. In all the ways Jesus is tempted, he only says you shouldn't put God to the test. And he only says that once. Isn't that valid for the whole chapter? Why did Jesus only say you shouldn't put your God to the test once? Yeah, I, and it, it, again, these are all, we, we chose these questions because they're all good questions. So every time we could say, great question. But this one in particular, I understand where they're coming from. But when you look at those temptations, this was the temptation where Jesus was being urged to tempt the Father by jumping off this cliff. 
tempting the father to, okay, are you going to save me from hurting myself? And so Jesus was specifically talking about not tempting his father. Yes, it is true that Satan was tempting Jesus, and Jesus is God, right, so in that right. sense. But Jesus was specifically saying, I'm not going to do this because I'm not going to disobey the scriptures that says we're not to test, put God to the test. Yeah, no, that's good. I have nothing to add to that. All right. That's, that's good. Well, let's get into the next question then, yeah. which is, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this one. In Matthew, there are a lot of healings. Do you think there are multiple reasons why he healed people? Did he ever not heal? Do you think some of the healings had selfish motives? Did he heal them out of pity and because it hurt him to see them like that? Yeah, that's so. That's interesting. There was a time when a line of people were waiting for Jesus in Capernaum, and they were they were there. Outside, we believe outside of Peter's house, waiting to be healed, and they the disciples couldn't find Jesus, and suddenly they find him. They're like, Jesus, there's like a whole line of people that are waiting to be healed. You need to you need to come quick. And Jesus basically says, I'm not a hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm here primarily to teach. And then he goes somewhere else. You imagine that day when you have a whole line of people, many hopeful people, and they all go home. See, the the reality is, is Jesus's mission was to come and heal everyone spiritually. Mm -hmm. The the physical healings are temporary. So you think about it, the people that Jesus healed, they still died. Like Lazarus isn't walking around today going, well, I can't die. Jesus healed me. He's walking around in heaven. He is, right, but not here, here on earth. Jesus's healings were signs. Signs that he came to heal us spiritually, which is our greatest need for healing, and that is a permanent healing. I think that, yes, so to answer part of this question, I think that Jesus hated seeing the effects of sin mm-hmm. and seeing the diseases and the disabilities. I'm sure that broke his heart, but what broke his heart more was the spiritual need, and that's ultimately why he went to the cross. That's a great answer. And and you think about it, there were thousands of people in Israel at the time when Jesus was there thousands of people, millions actually, who needed healing. And there were millions of people who died, in fact, from illnesses and just even old age while Jesus was in Israel that he didn't heal. So obviously he did not heal everybody. It does appear that everybody he came across who had some kind of a either deformity or an illness that Jesus did heal out of compassion. I wouldn't even call it pity, just out, out of compassion, out of love, but the thrust of this was to be a sign gift to show that he indeed was God in the flesh. Yeah. Next question. In fact, I'm going to scroll up, Dad, just on our questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you actually accidentally skipped one? over one. Oh, yeah, so okay. I just want to make sure we hit that one. I don't want you to get lost in, yeah. in looking at the questions. So this question says, Matthew 7, 1 to 2, it says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you'll be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. He says, the first seven or the first verses in seven are weird. I would think in the world that not judging others will still mean judgment of you. Can you please explain? Well, there's a couple of words. Again, we have this in the English, but the, the, the New Testament was written in Greek, and there's a couple of words that are used to translate judge in our English Bibles. That are, One is krino, which means to judge as in condemn, and then another is anakrino, which means to judge as in discern. And and Jesus said both that we're not to judge, that is, we're not to make judgments on those things that we cannot see. We can't judge a person's motives. We, we, can, we are to judge righteous judgment, though, he did say, which is to be able to discern whether or not behavior is right behavior or not. And so I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that it's weird at all. I, I think instead that Jesus was using the, the same logic that he used when he talked about forgiveness. He said, if we do not forgive, 
then we're, that's an invitation for God not to forgive us. Yeah. In the same way that we forgive, he will forgive us. Also, with generosity, he said something like that as well. He yeah. said that w- the same kind of generosity that you treat others with, that's how God's going to treat you. So the way we live and behave on this earth is an invitation to have God treat us in that way. So if we're going to walk around being nitpicky and fault-finding and criticizing everybody else, we're inviting God to pass that kind of judgment on us, which is a a scary thought because he sees everything. Yeah, it's the whole classic idea of like the vertical relationships or the vertical relationship and the horizontal relationship, that how we how we treat the horizontal relationships does affect our vertical relationship that we have with God. Exactly. Well, let's get to the next question then, yeah. and I don't want to skip over any... Well, yes, we have this one in Matthew 7, 7, and 8. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Does this mean that everything we ask for, we will get? Do you think people take this out of context? Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't call it taking it out of context, would you? No, I wouldn't. I, um, I think that it's often read without seeing the whole picture of sure. everything else that is taught in the scriptures yeah. on prayer. Well, you call this, a lot of times when you've s- preached on this, you'll call this this exchange of wishes, mm-hmm. which is which is such a, a good way of putting it. Um, sometimes That's I think actually of, the, the meaning of the word, where Jesus used the word prayer, it's prasukamai, which means to exchange wants, desires, or wishes. So yeah. we take our desires and we, we submit them to God yeah. and we receive his desires or his wishes. Yeah, it's like this aligning our will with God's will is, is really what it's mm-hmm. talking about. As we exchange these wishes, we're aligning our will and we're getting on the same page with the Almighty. So at the end of the day, when we approach God at, in prayer, we must be able to say the words that Jesus said when he said, not my will, Father, but but yours. And if we approach God that way, in a sense, our desires become like God's desires because we've had mm-hmm. that, that exchanging of wishes And in a sense, we do receive what we ask for because we ask for his will and for his kingdom. In fact, Jesus' little brother, James, he he said that. He said that there's a reason why you pray, you ask, and do not receive because he says even in your asking, you're just wanting to consume it on your own desires, your own lusts, that you're asking for what you want, not even thinking about what God wants. And so in that sense, sometimes our prayer itself could be sinful because we're just wanting what we want, which that's what sin is. It's, it's, it's what I want instead of what God wants. Yeah. So the act of prayer should be a submission to God for whatever he wants. Yeah, good stuff. All right, next question is, what is your favorite book of the Bible? <laughs> Boy, I don't, I don't know that I have one. Do you have a favorite book? I'm, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it, it could be uh, Philippians, yeah, right. Ephesians. I, I'd be tough to say which <laughs> is my favorite. For me, I mean, I find myself going to Second Timothy a lot because mm. we believe it's one of Paul's last letters. He just yep. kind of spitfires a lot of stuff that's on his heart. But honestly, it seems like I find a new favorite book of the Bible depending on which season I'm in. Yeah. You know. All right, so this is a good one. If uh, someone is new to religion, what are some ways he or she can grow in his or her faith? Yeah. Do church. Yeah. <laughs> Do church. Take classes at church. And we've got Get rooted. Involved. We're, in fact, yep. we're going to, this uh, tomorrow, well, tonight and tomorrow in our services, we're going to be promoting the class Rooted, which is an introduction to growing in your faith. So that that's 
maybe the next step yeah. for you to take. Take Rooted. That'll be so good for yep, you. Yep, take that class. Then get into a group so that you're living alongside other people who are also trying to do the same thing that you're doing. Do the God Project. My dad wrote a book called The God Project. It goes through you know, the discipleship and, and theology stuff that's that's really good if you're new. And The Vitals, I mean, the, the book that you yeah, wrote as right. well. We're here, we're just promoting each other's books. <laughs> right. But honestly, The Vitals is awesome. I yeah. it, It's it's funny, it's just, it's entertaining. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a little, there's a little bit of decent content in there as well. <laughs> uh, next question is, how did you come up with the podcast name? I think... Well, I think, if I recall, it was Maddie Trinick, our Bridge Kids director, just threw it out there, yeah. and it's what stuck. I mean, we, we like it because it's what we're doing. It's between the lines of Scripture. We're adding commentary between the yeah. lines of Scripture. I think the really what, the way to put it is we just do what Maddie tells us, and <laughs> that's... Yeah, we, we pretty yep. much do. <laughs> All right, next question is, have you ever considered calling it between two wines, <laughs> between two signs? The answer is no. Just no. That's that's <laughs> just no. We love you. I don't know who you are, but no, we have not. And then the they last... say there are no dumb questions, but I don't know. I think there are. <laughs> All right. Last question. Can you explain more of why you repeat books of the Bible when studying? Why are you doing Ephesians twice and Proverbs over and over? I thought I already explained that. <laughs> well, I, this question may have come in before you explained <laughs> yeah, it as well. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Um so I, we really think that this is the best way to learn, that uh, I learned this back when I was in college, that by reading a book and then just going to the next book, I didn't retain a whole lot from each of those books. Instead, when I would read a book and then go back and repeat that book, I learned a lot more the second time through, and I retained it because that's how our brains work, that by repetition, we learn a lot more. So I believe that it's so beneficial. Now, Proverbs, it's just kind of a thing that I started doing in college, and it was so beneficial for me that I wanted to share it with others. And, and I've learned there's actually a lot of people who do this, that you coincide the, the proverb for the day of the month, and there's so much wisdom. And because it's, it's a little erratic in, in that it jumps from one subject to the next to the next, that reading through one chapter in a day, it, it, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You're getting so much that by repeating it and reading these Proverbs day after day after day, that wisdom. I started as a young man, and the book of Proverbs was written to young people to give them wisdom so that they're not making knee-jerk decisions but wise decisions. It has helped me so much over the years that it's a habit that I want to instill in other people as well. So that's yeah. why we do Proverbs on a monthly basis, and well, that's why we And we must books. remember, too, that when we talk about Scripture, we're talking about what we believe is the living Word of God, mm -hmm. that Scripture is living. My wife, I didn't take her out on a date once, and it's like, all right, well, now I know where we're good to go. <laughs> no, she's a living being that I get to know continually, and that's what we do with God's Word. Well, one illustration that we could use, though, it's kind of gross, but stay with, stay with us, it's, <laughs> it's the idea of ruminate. You know, yeah. ruminate means, and you use this illustration mm -hmm. quite a bit. I got this from you. That that is a cow has four stomachs, right? Mm -hmm. Well, four compartments. Four yes. compartments yep. to the to the stomach. Mm -hmm. It eats grass, mm -hmm. goes into the first compartment, and it gets just a little bit of nutrients. And then later on, you know, when you hear about a cow chewing its cud, what it does is it actually spits that grass back up into its mouth. Choose it some more, get some more nutrients out. And it gets way more the second, third, and fourth time. Yeah. Each time, it, the, the second and third time, it gets the greatest amount of nutrients. The fourth time, it just kind of squeezes out what is left. Yeah. But yes, the first time through, it gets very little. Yeah. So a cow can actually get far, far more nutrients out of 
grass than you or I could because it has four mm-hmm. stomachs and it keeps on doing this over and over and over. That's essentially, I hate to compare that with scripture, but that's essentially what we're doing with scripture, that we go to scripture and then we just keep going back to pull out more and more nutrients from, from God's word. And we do this in so many areas in life, even as a church, when we have our meetings, uh, the executive team, when we meet and have a conversation, we'll talk about it the, the in that in one meeting and then next week we'll bring up that subject again. We rarely make decisions after one conversation because we know that there's the time in between those conversations it our mind just works on these things and and it, it works that way you probably noticed this in going through Ephesians the second time some of those things that you read the second time you remembered and because you remembered it it cemented into your brain all the more and as we commented on these things it was like oh yeah Oh, yeah, and you're going to remember it so much better. So I really think it's good that we're doing it this way, yeah. and you'll get a lot more out of it. Yeah, I mean, why do we? Why do they put reruns on sitcoms on TV, right? People still enjoy it. And they make uh, more money. Scripture is far more deep than a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. I think we can keep going back and finding more and more every time we go. Thanks for tuning in to Between the Lines. You know, we have about 600, oh, more than that, yeah, I'd rather, daily listeners. Yeah, I'd rather say 6,000. <laughs> Nothing's ever good enough, you know. This is <laughs> six hundred, though, yeah. you know, and this is why we're still doing this. I I thought we would have ended after a few weeks, you know, just to kind of get people into the rhythm of reading their Bibles in January and then kind of cut out. But we've had more and more people jump ju- join us, and it's been a blast. We're so glad that you're still with us. And it has been actually a lot of fun. It's just it's fun for us to be able to get together and do the recordings. And we aren't putting a lot of time into this, just so you know. We we are reading the scriptures and making comment off the top of our heads. I'm not reading a commentary or looking at a study Bible ahead of time. We're just reading the Bible and making comment because we want to be as natural as possible. So that's what Between the Lines is all about. Yeah, so we're just glad that you can do your devotions with us. We've been enjoying it with you, and we look forward to more. And don't be afraid to share it to some others. Let let other people know that this is available to them because the response we've gotten for so many people, is that it's been good to get them into the habit of getting into their Bible every day. This, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to do this again, and so if you got any other questions, go ahead and send them in. Like I said, we, we received more than what we were able to talk about this time, so we'll, we'll keep doing this if we keep getting questions. Thanks right. again for, uh, for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again on Monday.